0: Let's go. What's up, guys? We are on episode, what, Nathan? Six? Six, yep. Of the Disciple Me Now podcast. It has been incredible. And last week, we said that we were going to have a five-part series, but we actually decided we're going to make it into six parts because there's so much content, so many good things for each stage that we want to make sure everybody gets, right? Yep. So we're super excited uh, about the segment that is starting this podcast off because we realized that, man, this is really needed sometimes for some youth pastors, for some youth leaders, maybe, yeah. you know, from uh, whatever.
1: I was, I, was, ever... I was sharing this with, with Jackson. Yeah, because we were trying to come up with an opening segment. And yeah. he was like, look at this. And basically, we got a lot of people who might need a little bit of help changing the habits of their the mouth. The verbiage, yeah. as people would say, that we use. So if you are prone to cussing, it just slips right out. Here's something to replace that slip with.
0: First, prayer. Second, uh, yep. there's a list that we have right here. <laughs> so if you're feeling miffed. Miffed. I don't even know what that means. I don't either. But it sounds like I don't like it. Yep. If so,
1: you don't like something, here's what you can say. Bleep. <laughs> oh shucks. And what, where's one? Um, uh oh, jeepers. Krebs. Oh, booger. And doodoo. What about if I'm feeling exasperated? Oh,
0: dude. Our associate pastor used to say this all the time. Not pastor calvin but pastor butler yeah you jackwagon.
1: okay <laughs> that's what he would call us you might say ah fiddlesticks or crud muffin or if you're just not having it you could say yeah if you're like this is like if you're like oh you're like your disciple is just
0: like ticking you <laughs> off great googly moogly <laughs> <laughs> you're like shut your pie hole i'm gonna start uh, using that what the what what the what i like that what? That. that is a pretty good one i say actually. what the mess a lot mm-hmm. but anyway You could say, son of a nutcracker. Yeah, and this is, you said what? Like something approved. Oh, field tested and mother approved. Yeah, mother approved. So use it, take it, um, teach it to your people because we can't, you know, we... We want to keep our verbiage clean like it talks about in, uh, uh, uh where was it, Ephesians 4 or something like that? Yeah, Ephesians we'll, we'll try
1: to get that in the show notes for you so yeah, you can sh- see all of them.
0: There you go. But uh, man, we are excited about this um, this episode.
1: Oh, so excited.
0: Because we are actually going to be talking about the very first stage that every single person starts at. Yeah. I started at this, you started at this. No matter who you're discipling, they started at this. And there's a lot of people that maybe we're trying to reach and disciple that are at this Stage right this moment, and it can be frustrating to to navigate through the stage. And I yeah. think the reason why a lot of times it's frustrating is because we try to get people, um, or students, or whoever we're discipling, past this stage so mm. quickly. Yeah, we want it to be like, just snapped right there. Yeah, you know, like oh, we just got to get them so that we can start discipling. But no, 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 we can start discipling at this stage, yeah. and it's
1: the spiritually dead stage. So this is before they even believe in Jesus. Yeah. Before they know who Jesus is, before they have a relationship with him, they're spiritually dead in their sin. We've all been there. But you can actually disciple someone even before they believe in Jesus. Mm.
0: And some indicators of whether or not your student or your person, I should say, you know, whoever's listening to this, like is at this stage.
1: Yeah. So So something they might say, they might say, I'm a good person. Yeah. Or they might say, everyone does bad stuff. I'm not as bad as everybody else.
0: Yeah, or hey, church is cool, but it's really not like something I need. Yeah. You know, uh, there's a lot of people that are spiritually dead that I've been talking to, I pray for, I have relationship with. And some key indicators, I feel, are, man, maybe they're cold towards God. Mm, Yeah. Maybe they don't want or need god necessarily or they think they don't need god necessarily they're like "Mm," you know whatever Uh, an indicator is not do they go to church Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of spiritually dead people that are going to church there's a lot more probably of spiritually dead teens you know as in our context like that they're at church Mm -hmm. they're coming maybe every week yeah but they are spiritually dead still. What are some other indicators you would say?
1: Yeah, so these are people who are living out of their feelings. Okay. They are lost and they're they're unaware of it. They don't even realize they're lost. Yeah. And so they're searching for some meaning, but they also don't have, they haven't found that meaning in
0: life. Yeah, they don't have a desire towards God, towards mm-hmm. life change. Like, why do I need my life to change?
1: Yeah. Right? And they, they probably feel broken and they don't feel they don't have any way out of that brokenness.
0: Yeah. So these are all indicators that, that you can be like, Oh my gosh, I thought my person, my, whatever, my disciple was saved. I was just running up against a, a wall. Maybe they're, they're spiritually dead yeah. and you've been ministering to them at the wrong face. So we really yeah. want to unpack this a little bit because uh, Nathan, you were saying this, you know, in the conversation we had just before the podcast, even like this is one of the biggest ways or the things areas that the church pours its money, its yeah. resources, its time into. Um, yet we kind of just on this on the discipleship stage, we kind of just zoom past
1: it. Yeah, if you were to ask a pastor about like the purpose of the Sunday gathering, they might say lots of things, but one of the things they almost assuredly will say is that they're trying to reach reach lost souls yeah they're trying to bring people into the body of Christ and present them with the gospel, yeah, and so much of our church world in America revolves around this Sunday morning experience that the goal is to bring lost people into a place where they know Jesus,
0: yeah, and I think uh it's not just a one-time thing, but this, and in our American minds, it can feel like, oh, this is just, we just got to get them past this spiritually dead stage, and then we can really start discipling them, Mm -hmm. but it's actually a process. Like, you brought up a crazy perspective that, like, (laughs) blew my mind of, like, missionaries that are giving their entire lives for people that might never leave this stage or they'll never see. Leave
1: this stage. Especially like missionaries in a Middle Eastern context. Mm -hmm. If you talk to them who've been giving 20, 30 years of their whole life into this context, and they're celebrating over like five salvations. Like they're giving years. so much of their life for this stage right here mm. where someone is spiritually dead. And yeah, we can look at those five celebra- five salvations and celebrate with them. But also, they're not just looking at those five salvations. They're looking at people who they have been discipling for years mm. who might not even have come to a moment in their life yet where they are giving their life to Jesus. But those people have been on a journey of um, a hard heart becoming soft Mm. and becoming more and more willing and open and interested in knowing God.
0: Which brings us to like a a next part of this uh, show is like, what are some growth areas, some some pathways of growth or goals, whatever we want to call them, for somebody in this stage, right? Yeah. Because it's not just, well, bring them on a Sunday, get them to raise their hand, and boom, we're good. Yeah. For some people, it might be. But for others, it is a process. This yeah. is not just a step, but it's a process. So what could that look like? What are some goals for, for, for somebody yeah. that's at
1: this stage, that's spiritually dead. The big goal is that they need to know the truth about Jesus Come on. and his work to cover their sin and save their life. Yes. Right? That's the big goal, but it's more than about them making a decision, making a verbal commitment. There's a lot of things that go into that and help make that um, decision to follow Jesus, help that help make that happen, right? So I think for me... It, in my perspective, it's a lot about showing them authenticity, yeah. showing them truth and love in the way that you act and share your life with them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Come on. So, like, uh, I put uh, just
0: growth goals, I think, okay. always, and maybe it's the pastor in me or whatever, but um, I mean, we want them to eventually, and you said this, to be born again. Uh-huh. You know, we want them to. Get there. Yeah. Sometimes we see it, sometimes we won't, but we want to push them closer. And, or sorry, I don't want to say push. We want to uh, reveal, we want to help, we want to encourage them, and even to bring out, I guess, curiosity and desire for them to want to know more, yeah. to want to hunger for more, to want to step out of their boat, to follow this man that. don't really know anything about but but they see us they've heard us yeah
1: we want them to have a saving relationship with jesus but i think the key is we need to show them that reality lived out in our own life yeah okay so ways to minister to somebody Mm -hmm. in this stage isn't just
0: preaching to them isn't just I, I said this before like hey you're ready to give your life to God yet? Like yeah. you know like, like hey we're just trying to get you past this. Yeah. No that's not the way. I think one thing I wrote down was we want to build trust Hmm. and relationship as strong as we can. I think about Jesus with Zacchaeus. He calls Zacchaeus down. Zacchaeus obviously is spiritually dead. He doesn't know Jesus. He was curious, but he doesn't know him. And Jesus goes and eats with him first. Yeah. And he builds a relationship with him, right?
1: Let's say you have a friend who doesn't know Jesus. Okay, Or a student, yeah. Or a student, anyone. You can disciple them by showing them love in a way that's sacrificially distinct from other people in their life, okay? You can talk to them about your life in a way that highlights what God has done and what God is doing,
0: yeah. okay? Yeah, I think like just ways, these are practical ways we're talking about. Asking pointed and intentional questions. Yeah. Creating spiritual conversations and exposure for them. Yeah. For for the disciple, for the person that is spiritually dead. Yeah. Exposing them, to the love of God, exposing them to the truth of God's words, exposing them to how God is working in your life, exposing them to Jesus is, I think, the goal, but also the way that we minister to them.
1: Yeah, so often we think of ministering to people on this stage as one or the other side of a spectrum. Okay? Yeah. We think about either I need to talk to them and have this spiritually super deep conversation where I'm telling them about the weight of their sin and how much God loves them the and how you need time. forgiveness. Yeah. And like you think, Oh, if I didn't preach the gospel to them, I missed my moment. Okay. Yeah. That's one side of the spectrum. The other side of the spectrum is, Oh, preach the gospel, but when necessary, use words. So I'm not actually gonna have to say anything. I just show them like yeah. love. Like I give them a sack of lunch or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So those are two sides of the spectrum. One is extreme. One can be a cop out. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, There's a middle ground. Come on. I think that you should be consciously aware of what God is doing in your life and be open to sharing that with the person. Yeah. Okay. Be consciously aware that like right now it's snowing outside and it's freezing cold and people don't have have heat. People don't have electricity. Well, right now at my house, we do. Our power hasn't gone off yet. And that is the grace of God over my life and God taking care of me. Yeah, And I can tell someone about, yeah, my power hasn't gone off and I can leave it at that. Or I can share how, to me, that's a reflection of God providing for me and taking care of me.
0: Yeah, I think that is huge. If we can figure out a way, and for those of you who are ministering and discipling people that are at this stage, man, it. It might get frustrating, discouraging, hard, difficult, but yeah, understand, to not just see have they made the jump from death to life, even though that is the ultimate goal, but have they made the jump from a hardened heart yeah. to a more soft heart. Yeah. Have they made the goal from no curiosity at all to they are curious and asking questions now, yeah. you know, uh, to not seeking, to they're starting to seek. Mm -hmm. See those things and count them as wins and understand that this step or this stage isn't always a step. Um, It's a process sometimes. And we're here to help them navigate through that. And hopefully the prayer is yes, obviously that they would take the step, but discipleship can happen in this stage, alone. yeah.
1: If you listen to other people talk about this stage, other um, church leaders and other um, pe- maybe people who do discipleship podcasts, right? Yeah. One of the things that other people talk about is they call this stage "come and see." Mm. Now, the reason for that is in the beginning of the Gospel of John, John chapter one, Jesus has his first interaction with some disciples. Now, they're at this time they're disciples of John the Baptist. Okay. And so this is John chapter one, verse 35. It says that John the Baptist is standing with two of his disciples mm-hmm. and he looks and he sees Jesus walking by and he says, behold, the lamb of God. Now these two disciples hear him say this and they follow Jesus and Jesus turns around and sees them following him following and says, what are you seeking? And they say, teacher, where are you staying? And Jesus tells them, come and you will see. And so this stage, a lot of people talk about as the come and see stage where you're just inviting people to come and see your life, see how you're following Jesus. You don't need to have this like grandiose moment of revolutionizing their life with like a sermon. You're just sharing your life with them and sharing the reality of you following Jesus. And as you do that,
0: there will be opportunities that come to ask
1: questions to
0: give insight, to share testimonies, yeah. to all of these things, which will begin to work in their heart. So, I um, wanna say be encouraged, okay? Um, this is just the first of what, five five nice other ages. ones that yeah. we're gonna be talking about. But this is so important that yes, we have to minister to people at this stage or what are we doing? Yeah. We're just re-discipling people. We have to see people come to life and then um, continue that discipleship process. Yeah. Not start it, but we're starting it when they're spiritually dead and then continuing it. Yep, love it. So hey, we have a, a resource that we're gonna talk about um, Really, really quick that we've kind of been loosely basing all of this off of, um, and we're going to put it in our Instagram, but Nathan, tell us.
1: Yeah, one of the, the key um, things that have helped me in my process of learning about discipleship and discipling others has been this book called Disciple Shift. Mm-hmm. Talked about it a little bit last week, but one of the parts of this book presents something that we call the discipleship wheel. Yeah. Now we'll, we'll try to put that in the show notes. We'll try to put it on a screen in YouTube. So if you're listening on, on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram yeah. at disciple me now. Yep. It'll be on Instagram. Plug. If you're on um, Spotify, go to YouTube. You can see the discipleship wheel. Boom. Now what this wheel does, basically it has all of the five stages of spiritual growth going around this wheel. Okay. And so at each stage, it will tell you, what are indicators and what are ways that you can minister to someone at that stage Um, and basically how i use this is if i'm leading a small group of students or a small group of people i will um, write all their names down on little pieces of paper and i will put them on this wheel wheel.
0: and then show them
1: no i'm kidding I, i i don't show them but what it does it helps me just kidding it gives me like a snapshot of where are the the group of people that i'm ministering to where are they in this process of growth so i can shape our small group time in a way that helps them grow yeah or even you can That's take good. one person and put them on the wheel so you know how to minister to yeah. them you could even take the wheel and give them a blank wheel and have them put themselves on the wheel mm. now it might be they might put they themselves might be wrong, higher yeah they might totally put themselves totally wrong higher than they actually are most likely but <laughs> it does help them now have goals in their mind That's of how good. they can grow.
0: Yeah. So, man, do that it's it's a way to make a plan for your disciple cuz like we always say, man, we really truly want to help pastors, leaders, whoever and people make disciples that make disciples so we want to say thank you so much for listening like you have been if you've been enjoying the content please make sure that you like us you subscribe to us you share us tell people about us hit that bell so you can get notifications we are so grateful for all of our listeners and if you're willing to share the word man we would we are just uh, so thankful for that but thank you so much again for listening. We hope that if you are discipling somebody that's spiritually dead, that man, this has helped you. We got four more stages to um, talk about. So stay tuned. We will see you next Sunday at 1 PM. Thanks guys.